It's a problem that nobody wants to talk about, even though one out of five five-year-olds experiences it. We're talking about bedwetting, and though it often gets buried under the covers, it's a common experience that can be helped with proper diagnosis and treatment. So let's talk with a Labonner Children's Hospital urology expert, pediatric nurse practitioner, Jill Travis, who will answer the most asked questions she gets every day in her practice. This is the Peds Pod, a podcast by Labonner Children's Hospital. I'm Bill Klaproth. So Jill, what causes bedwetting? Oh, um, that's probably one of the most common questions that we get in the office. And there are a lot of theories behind what causes bedwetting. But in my experience, I would say the most common causes are children that sleep heavy and then children that are constipated, especially school-age children. Okay, you just mentioned school-age children. Is any age of bedwetting normal at all? Well, yes. You know, we all start off in diapers. And then as we progress in age, um, potty training usually happens sometime during the toddler years. Most children are consistently dry when they're awake at about age five. Um, they may still wet at nap time or and then at nighttime. But at about age five is when you start really noticing that things get better. About 20% of kids, five and up, will still wet when they're asleep. So this rate decreases slightly as they get older. So, you know, around age six, that number would decrease to probably 18, 19% and then continues as they age. So you just said earlier that bedwetting occurs sometimes for heavy sleepers or kids that are constipated. So let me ask you this. Is there another factor? Is bedwetting genetic by chance? And is there anything we can do to prevent it? Bedwetting is not genetic. There has not been a gene that's been established or found to cause it specifically. But it does seem to run in families. We call that familial. And so you may have a father or cousin, an uncle, an older child that had the same problem. And sometimes you can talk about that and figure out about what age that went away for the the older family member to determine when it might go away for your child. That's not always 100% accurate, but it can be very helpful information. So as we start this process, is there a right age to start potty training? So potty training is best when it's done when the child first shows interest. If you start too early, then you can help them establish some habits that may cause problems later on. For example, if you're taking them to potty and teaching them to strain to empty their bladder, they're, they're learning a bad behavior because they need to actually relax to empty their bladder and not try to make something happen that isn't ready to happen. So when you have a child that's at the correct age, you'll notice that they'll start wanting to mimic your toileting routines. They'll want to sit on the toilet. They'll want to be around the toilet, and they'll ask you when they can when they can start trying that. If you notice those behaviors, then you start with potty training. And when you start, it's most important that you're very consistent. You can't switch back from diapers one day and then panties the next um, and you go back and forth because that's very confusing for the child. So when you notice behaviors that show that they're interested, the most important things are to just make it fun, make it interactive, and stay very consistent. So wait until they show interest and then be consistent. So let me ask you this, Jill. If a parent feels like there is a problem, would a parent need a referral for the child to see a urologist? 
It really depends on the insurance. Some insurance providers um, require referrals to see us and then some do not. So to answer that best would be to just give a quick call to your insurance. There's usually a number on the back of the card and ask them if they require a referral. And then what is the appointment like and then what type of tests do you run? Well, our appointments are long, especially the first one. We try to make it fun and interactive, and we spend a lot of time speaking directly to the child. By the time they come see us for bedwetting, they're usually, um, you know, six, seven, eight years old and very capable of answering their own questions about their habits and routines. That helps us for several reasons. It helps us build a relationship with the child, and it helps us understand what they're doing when they're not with their parents because they are school age, and so they're not always with their parents any longer. So we will spend a lot of time talking to the child and trying to get them motivated and kind of see where they are in the bedwetting problem. Does it bother them? Is it embarrassing for them? Is it not really a big deal yet? Those kind of things. And then any kind of imaging or labs would be determined after we talk to them and kind of get a better idea of what's going on. So are there bedwetting products or treatments that you like? I would say the most important thing would be just structure at home before you go um, into looking for any kind of products or treatment options. We need children to start off in their preschool and Um, toddler years drinking things that are healthy for them, like plain water. That's really the only thing our bodies need, and that is very important from a very young age. You need to keep children away from things like soda and Gatorade and Kool-Aids and tea. And when we do those, then they're going to have a better chance of being able to stay dry at night. So structure with what we're drinking, structure with bedtime habits, making sure that we've established a, a bedtime that we're careful how much they drink right before bed and that they know that they have to potty before they jump into the bed. Um, all those things are very important. And those are the, the like pre-steps to being able to be ready for any kind of product or treatment. So out of all those things, is there one thing that seems to be most helpful for people? No, it needs to be consecutive and consistent. So you need to follow all the rules together consistently every night to really see what the child can do in a perfect situation. Consistency and structure. That's what I seem to be getting from you, Jill. So what is your top advice then for parents struggling? Because it can be a struggle to help their kids who are wetting the bed. It's very frustrating for families. It it really is. And it's a um, a big concern that for parents that there's something just not quite right anatomically, that they're not getting the right sensations and that they just don't know when they need to go. So I think a lot of um, the first steps are just kind of alleviate those fears. And so we do try to make sure that all the daytime functions are working correctly, that we're not having a lot of daytime accidents, a lot of stool accidents, things like that, to make sure that there's no underlying problems that we're missing, just concentrating on the night. And then beyond that, just patience and time are really helpful if parents are supportive of the children and try not to make it a bigger deal than they have to. That really helps because stress can really aggravate the problem. And if the parents are very stressed about the wedding, then the child becomes very stressed about the wedding. And then it's just kind of a vicious cycle. So if we can alleviate all the fears of anything being structurally wrong, and then really just concentrate on good behaviors and good habits, a lot of times it'll take care of itself and we won't need anything additional. 
Jill, great advice, and thank you for your time. And to learn more, please visit labonner.org. And be sure to subscribe to the Pete's Pod and Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please check out the full podcast library of topics of interest to you. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels. This is the Pete's Pod by Labonner Children's Hospital. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.